set up. We're in 1 John chapter 4, verse number 7. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 7. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another, because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent His one and only Son into the world so that we might have life through Him. Love consists in this. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now the writer is reminding us there that John has already spoken on love in 1 John 2, 7, also in 1 John 3, verses 11 to 18. Now, for those of you who read the book of 1 John, you have a working knowledge. Uh, uh, it sounds like, and to me teaching today, uh, it sounds like it could be redundant, but it's not. John continues uh, to emphasize the reality of love in our hearts. Uh, why? Because we know that in John's day, just as in even Jesus' day, there was the prevalence uh, there of uh, hatred, bitterness, strife, anxiety, all of those things, cut that down just a little bit, all of those things uh, there that would uh, cause love to be magnified if we would allow that, okay? Finding that, finding that slide there that you can pull that down just a pinch? Okay, that's, that's better, that's better. Thank you, Clint. Uh, however, now John's already written on that. Uh, we're reminded that God is love. Not that God is about love. Not that God is teaching love. Not that God wants uh, us to know uh, that, that we simply should love. First thing we need to remind ourselves of is that God is love. Now, with that, uh, probably the first verse... Uh, that many of us committed to memory from our early days of childhood was John 3.16, For God so loved the world. Uh, yes, God being love cannot help but love because He loves... How many people does He love? Everybody. Amen. He even loves the unlovable. Now, I don't know about you, but as we study sometimes, we have remembrance of people that's harder to love than others. You know, some people just work on making it hard. And as a result of that, uh, it keeps us founded and grounded in love because it really does work on our capacity uh, not to become bitter, anxious, or even uh, hating some there of those people. Love uh, is of God. Love God is love. Love is the nature of God. There in verse 7 where it reminds us that love is of God. Love has been born of God, knows God. And I have not counted them, but you might take the liberty to do it and count the times that love itself, that word, is mentioned here in Scripture. Now we know there's three words for God. There's the phileo love, that Philadelphia love that is talked about in Scripture. Brotherly love, okay? Uh, and because of that, if you walk up to a friend and you say, I love you, 
What you're meaning is I love you as a brother or I love you like a brother. Now, we know there's that eros love, that erotic love. Now, naturally, uh, that is a kind of love that is absolutely from God, but it only is to be uh, practiced within the relationship of marriage in which the Lord gives us. But then there's the agape love, and that's the love that God gives us, and He loves us through. Uh, yes, He has brotherly love for us. We're called the sons of God. But most importantly, he, he gives us or loves us in that agape way. He loves us not because of us, I say. He loves us in spite of us. Have you ever just fully come to grips with the fact that you really hadn't done anything for God to love you? But one day He reached down into our old sinful heart. He convicted us by His Spirit. He drew us unto Him. There through the Holy Spirit, that is that agape love. God loves us unconditionally. Love is not just another attribute among many. Rather, it is God's very nature from which all other attributes proceed. Christian, <clears throat> Christians should know God loves them because God sent His only Son for us. In all honesty, if anybody would... They haven't denied the Scripture. If they'll believe the Scripture... Uh, and listen to us, we can share the plan of salvation with them and remind them that God loved them before He had ever created them. No one could rightly in their mind deny the reality that God doesn't love them. Now they might not feel like they're loved. They might not feel like they're deserved to be loved by God, but yes, God still loves. Christ became the manifestation or the picture the person of God's love. You remember in uh, the Gospel of John when uh, he would talk about in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, uh, the Word was God. And uh, you'll see the word manifest in there. That means the Lord took on human form there. So we see the Lord through the love and life of Jesus the greatness of God's love is observed in the value of the gift. God gave His only Son. The Greek word here, uh, there, for only Son, is the same word used to describe Abraham's willingness to offer up his only son, Isaac. Now with that in mind, as you compare those two uh, scriptures, you begin to see uh, what John is writing that our Lord Jesus uh, has already done. Some of our ladies, I know one of them particularly, sometimes has sang a song in our special music time. And the title might not be the title of the song, but at least the, the, the catch line through the entire chorus is this, His life for mine, His life for mine. And that's what Jesus did. He gave His life for ours. He became the substitute, did He not, for sin. Well, it's even described in a greater way here. Uh, he became the propitiation for our sin. Now, if you're following me in the notes in your quarterly or your, or your book, I'm turning to page 48. Now, folks, if you're listening today, again, we're looking at verses 1 John 4, verses 7 through 10. And... Uh, Again, God's children have no reason to be uncertain regarding His love for us, especially 
when it was when it was clearly given and shown there from Calvary. Putting our faith in Jesus brings us to that place of salvation. Brother Clinton and I were in conversation this morning uh, before the first service while people were arriving. We were uh, talking about people who needed prayer. And he was describing a gentleman who greatly needs prayer. And in Brother Clint's eyes, he was talking about he wasn't sure if that individual was going to make it. But the other thing he wasn't sure of is whether he is saved or not. But he began to tell me about times that the gospel had been shared around that fellow. And I say, all I can say is this, folks. People who have never responded to the gospel but heard it. Uh, the Lord loves them just as much as He loves us. And I pray that others will know Him uh, in the pardon and forgiveness of sin. So, those verses we've looked at, He said, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. That's one of the sureties of our life, isn't it? Could that be one of the fruits of believers? That we can sort of gauge... Uh, uh, our confidence in relationship with Christ by the fact that we love one another. We love even the unlovables who make themselves, I call it, unlovable. And this is the love that Christ first, or that God first uh, loved us. See, from the womb maybe, uh, we didn't come out uh, loving as we should but as we begin to grow, nobody had to teach us to despise other people, did they? That's sort of old human nature. But I tell you what, the love of Jesus taught us to love other people. And because of that, we can have surety in our relationship as well. Now let's look at verses 11 through 13 on page 48. Verses 11 through 13. Have we heard this term lately, dear friends? Was it last week in our study as well? He talked to us as friends. You know, we're known not only as friends of God. Uh, the Scripture also calls us sons of God. Uh, first, I mean, in the Gospel of John, He came to His own and His own received Him not. But as many as did receive Him, gave He them power to become the sons of God. So we're friends of God. We're sons of God. And because of that, he now writes, Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and His love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we remain in Him and He in us God has given us His Spirit. Again, this, he said, is how we know that we remain in Him and He in us. God has given us His Spirit. I love the little book. I've told you that numerous times already. Why do I love it? This is a phrase that John uses more than once when he says we know. Now again, if we study that book, go back and read all five chapters, you don't mind writing it down, underlining it in your Bible, don't matter how you do it, but just see the various times John is writing about something we know. Oh, it's encouraging to me. With this, 
if God loved us this way, we ought to be practicing that same love one for another. What are some, what are some hindrances to us loving uh, one another in those same ways today? What are some hindrances? Now we know sin's a hindrance, isn't it? But what are some hindrances? All of us, you are the age similarly, the guy sitting on the back pews, the youngin' of the bunch. But the rest of us are fairly old. Now, we're not going to go there much further, okay? Because we're getting in trouble. But what we know is most of us grew up in communities. We grew up in churches. We grew up among one another and fellow believers at a time when you never had to question if that neighborhood loved one another. But friend, I think some of our busyness of our day, some of our maybe uh, other things uh, are beginning to hinder us expressing that love, okay? It could be pride. What's that? Be pride. Be pride, absolutely. Pride can be a definite uh, problem there. I, I really believe busyness, you know, uh, we don't take time to practice that love. And when I say practice that, think of the opportunities uh, that we have weekly, sometimes daily, to express that. But if we're not careful, we have got so entangled in our own self and our own demanding lifestyles, and etc. And because of that, we're just not practicing that love like we used to. He says there, we must love one another. Now, the writer says concerning these notes there, with, this call, with His call to love comes great responsibility. God loved us with a changeless, self-sacrificing love. Now, when we look at that and it talks about being changeless, uh, the uh, maybe the word you've heard before would be immutable. That simply means He doesn't change. God is the same, you remember, the Hebrew writer said, uh, yesterday, today, and forevermore. Now, there's one thing different about God and us. We are changing constantly. Yes, the aging process reminds us of that. If we're not careful, the emotional uh, growth or lack of growth in our lives uh, likewise show us that. So uh, he said because of this we should be loving one another. Jesus took our sin away. But He didn't just take away the bad. He gave us as well. He gave us life that we might live through Him. Boy, John 10 was it in 10 where it said that uh, Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Not necessarily in the things of the world, but to have spiritual lives, spiritual beings uh, there uh, in our daily walk. He says to love with God's love gives evidence that we have a relationship with the One who displays His love through us. The One who does not love does not know God. He does not say the One who hates does not know God. Rather, the one who does not love does not know God. Now, if I ask you, did you hate anybody? You know, Mike, I would be pretty sure nobody would raise their hand and say, yeah, I got these folks that I dearly hate. 
Well, it's all right. We wouldn't say that. But then are we expressing love toward them at all times as well? Joseph's love for his brothers is something I wrote in my notes. You remember what, how Joseph was treated in the Old Testament? And you remember how those brothers, once they realized that their brother was the one giving them grain and corn, you remember what they thought? To, Boy, he's going to get vengeance on us. And then Joseph said this, that's right, the devil meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Folks, we can, you know, when we have disagreements, if they come, we don't fight fire with fire, do we? The best way, the best way to deal with our friend is with love, even where there might be disagreement. On page 49, he said, putting God's love on display is to, be, is to be a continuous, ongoing activity. Now, when he said putting God's love on display, he does not mean there that we're doing it for a show. See, sometimes we think that uh, he's talking about, no, he's not talking about doing stuff that others may see us doing it. He's saying that it's the right thing to do always is letting God's love live through us. Even the writer said, it's sometimes hard to love, especially when we feel wronged or hurt by someone. In moments in our humanity, the last thing we want to do is express forgiveness and extend tangible acts of kindness to that person. Yes, it's human sometimes to want to get even, is it not? I've told the story many times before. I worked with a gentleman who God called to preach. He's dead. He, he, he already is in glory. But before he got saved, he always said about our boss, he's going to get what he deserves one day. None of us want anybody to get what we deserve, what they deserve, do we? Because if I got what I deserved, I'd be in hell. Jesus died that I might not get what I deserve, but that I might get what He displayed, and that's His love. Those, uh, or he said the hose doesn't produce water. It's the conduit for water to flow through. And I, I love that illustration he gave there. In other words, we're literally a conduit for God's love to flow through as His friends. Notice, he began these writings today, verse 11, by saying, Dear friends, so as a friend of God, we are the conduit through which the love of God can flow through to our family, to our neighbors. And as a result of that, many will come to know Jesus through our love for them. Our love for others, the writer said, is proof of God's love in us. Love is the fruit of His indwelling Spirit. We are to present ourselves to Him daily as instruments of His continuous love. I jotted down in my margins of my notes as I was studying this week. How many of you remember the old song, Love is the theme, love is supreme? Oh, I like that. Also, there's the old song most of us remember uh, cutting our teeth on as well. Make me a channel of blessing, dear Lord, today. Oh, God desires us to see ourselves in that way. Is through a channel. 
You know, that's the beauty of a, of a God-called teacher in the school system. They become a conduit, do they not, to those students. They never know where that student came from or where that student's going back to of an evening. But for those hours, they have that student in that day to let the love of Jesus flow through them. The realities of that are true of all of us. Oh, preacher, if I was in that place or that position, I would let the love of Jesus shine through me. Friend, remember, in the place that you are is the place to let the love of Jesus to flow, flow through you to them. Why? Because we are what? Fellow brothers. Dear friends, he said in uh, verse 7. Dear friends again in verse 11. So who are we? We're sons of God. We're, we're uh, friends of God and friends there with one another. Now, we look at the last passage that we'll be looking at today in chapter 4. And it's going to be verses 19, 20, and 21. So, if you're watching by YouTube today and you have your Bible open, look at verse 19. We love because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And we have this command from Him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. You say, preacher, but you haven't been treated by yours like I was treated by mine. I haven't been. But friend, I'll tell you what, the devil is the author of division, isn't he? And the great test of our faith is how we're able to overcome those differences. Why do we love? You remember what he just said? Why? Because he first loved us. Now, again, I, re I refer back to Ephesians chapter 1. And the Scripture in Ephesians 1.4, I believe it is, said He loved us before the foundation of the world. Before the created birds, before, before anything was created, He loved us. We know that we were God's choice creation. Yes, there were some magnificent things that He created. Things of great beauty. But man was His pinnacle of creation. But how long did it take for the devil to come in and bring division? First, he divided husband and wife. Well, he gave me the fruit. Well, she gave me the fruit. Then he divided the sons. And we know from that what happened. Listen, folks, the devil is the author of confusion in our minds, in our homes. Everywhere we go where there's confusion, you always know the author and it's the devil. Now we love. The Lord's given us the opposite of what the devil does. He says there, if anyone says, I love God and yet hates his brother or sister, he's a liar. A true Christian will not be filled with selfish hatred toward, toward another brother or sister in Christ. Now we can see this from the standpoint of our earthly heritage, our siblings, I think there's a good application there. We can also see it from the position of our spiritual of our spiritual lives as well. Now, I've seen it practiced in both ways in ministry. 
my 40, 41 years of ministry, I have saw where sisters, members of the same church, come in the same door. One sister sits over here as far as she can. The other one sits over there as far as they can. Never speak to one another. And to my knowledge, they died that same way. Never reconciled. Now friend, I don't know about you, but I still struggle with what this verse said, or these verses say, that we are called to love one another. Now it don't mean we love what one another does. Am I right? You know, when you pick up your local newspaper and you see that a 17-year-old shot another 17-year-old and killed him the other evening, said that they were at one time best of friends, the obituary read. But they were feuding over the last few weeks for something. Friend, we sure need the love of Jesus, don't we? He said we love because He first loved us. But if somebody says, I love God and hates his brother, he or she is a liar. For the person who doesn't love his brother or sister whom he, had, whom he has seen cannot love God who he hasn't seen. Now, logically, the writer said, it's easier to show love to people who are visibly present rather than God who is an invisible spirit. Do you get the heart of what he's saying? It's easier, he said, to show love to people who are visibly present rather than God who is an invisible spirit. Uh, That'll sink in. It's sinking in still uh, as we read it. That what we see and who we share life with should be easier to love. Why? Because we see them and we know them. But sometimes the enemy divides that, does he? Our acts of loving service must have gospel intent. That is, we serve in order to share Christ's sacrifice that gave us salvation. We love in order to share Christ's sacrifice that gave us salvation. Love overcomes hate. Our love should not stop with other Christians. Love must go out into the world and seek to win the lost. You remember, I think it's in the Galatian letter where the verse says, Do good unto all men, but especially unto those who are of the household of faith. You know, really and truly, the challenge to us is to treat everybody with love, is it not? Do good unto all men, but especially among us that sits among us that loves the community and Jesus along with us, we should definitely be showing that love there. Now on page 51, at the bottom of the page, Mark 12, 30 and 31. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. How many of you remember sort of the, the situation that the Lord gave that response to. Remember the guy asking Him, Lord, which is the greatest commandment? Which is the greatest commandment? And He talked about loving God. Then He talked about loving one another. And He says, there are no other commands greater 
than these. Well, anybody have a word this morning? Anybody have a thought? Love you want to add something? Love produces wealth spiritually and physically. Amen. You hear it? Love produces wealth spiritually and materially, physically in our lives. Okay? Many of you have saw expressions of love as you grew up. Through your mom, your dad possibly. Uh, maybe through that little country church like I grew up in. Those folks loved one another. Now once in a while, one or two of them would let the devil get in them. And we'd have a business meeting and we'd have to get over it. I'm serious. But you know what? In most of our families, uh, it, it sort of gets like this. We can talk about one another, but you better not talk about us. Why? The old people used to say blood's thicker than water. Hey, the love of Jesus is bigger than any other expression we can find. Love one another. Okay, next week we'll be looking at sure of salvation. 1 John chapter 5, uh, verse 13, if you remember it particularly. And it tells us there, these things have been written that you may know that you have eternal life. That's where we'll be next week. If you're listening by YouTube this morning, 1 John chapter 5 next week. You study up and we'll be with you next Sunday. God bless you. Thank you, church. Get you a break if you need one.